Welcome, my name is Jeanette Sutherland and today you find me out of my comfort zone discussing an unusual craft product, cut flowers. Currently, Scotland imports 90% of cut flowers. In our conversation, Catherine Matheson of Skye talks about starting her business, her Gaelic heritage and maintaining that through her branding and so much more. In the podcast notes, we will share Catherine's social media links so you can follow her exciting business journey. Hi Catherine, how are you today? Hi, I'm really well, thank you. Excellent, well thank you for joining us today. Now Catherine, your family are well-renowned sheep and cattle farmers on Skye, but where do your green fingers come from? Well, I think they come from my mum. Growing up, she always uh, was in the garden when she got the opportunity, so I remember being in there when I was uh, wee, always helping. And um, she said that when we first moved into the house, she used to get me help pick the stones out of the grass <laughs> before they <laughs> before they sowed the seeds. So that I guess that's probably where it all started. But um, I remember even being about sort of seven or eight and growing different flowers in the garden and just, you know, being so delighted that from these tiny seeds, you could grow beautiful flowers. So... Yeah, and also my Shenner used to grow like potatoes and and veg like that as well. So great. So it's been a lifelong interest. And but when did you start growing and selling flowers? I started selling flowers this year, but the year before. Um, so in July twenty twenty, my sister uh, got married, and. The year before when they got engaged i had just discovered that um people grew flowers just to sell them as cut flowers so i was really interested in that and so i said to them i want to do this as a wedding present for you um to grow the flowers for your wedding and arrange them so they thankfully said yes <laughs> so then i got the opportunity to just have a go at, at growing flowers to cut and quite a high pressured first assignment though yes yes, it was (laughs) and especially thanks to covid i did get three chances at it though so (laughs) by the third time i i had lots of flowers so that was good for the first lot in spring i gave them away to like neighbors and family members and I got such lovely compliments about them and a lot of people couldn't believe that you know they'd been grown on sky and so you know people when I sort of started saying that oh maybe I could do this as a business I sort of got a lot of encouragement from that. And was it yourself or your sister who picked the flowers? It was myself yes I was allowed free reign. Oh fantastic that's amazing. So that's the sort of the origin story of the business. And can you tell us a little bit more about it? Because it does seem unusual that you can grow such beautiful flowers in the sky. Yeah, so I'm very lucky enough to have a polycrub, which is basically a storm-proof polytunnel that um, originates in the Shetland Islands. My husband Ian used to work offshore um, in the Merchant Navy. So he'd be working on boats up there and he kept seeing them. And so he inquired about them. And as a gift for me, he bought one because he knew how much I loved gardening. And at that point, our three children were very young. So um, it was a little bit of a sanctuary for me to go and escape into, um, even when the weather was bad. So that's really helped in setting up the business because when you're starting off seeds and that, you need 
quite often you need somewhere sheltered but you where you get good light but it's amazing actually what you can grow outside I think the biggest problem is the wind so you've got to try and have protection from the wind but is there any other other types of equipment that's important when you're growing these kind of flowers not really there's not really anything hugely sort of special I suppose the other thing is to make sure they're well staked well supported because it's very easy for you know us to have one of our lovely windy days and you know your whole crop kind of gets flattened and then that's it you know then you end up with really wonky flowers Ah, okay yeah so so your biggest foe is the is the wind really where we're faced yeah no it's totally fantastic and do you think like you know you were saying in your your first time when you were um giving the first batch away and you were getting all that fantastic feedback do you think there's a greater appreciation of locally grown flowers now especially now that people are starting to become maybe aware of the environmental impact of cut flowers being flown in and things like that yes i definitely think there's a great appreciation for the fact that they are um, local flowers but i think there's still so many people out there that that don't even think about where their flowers come from if they're you know if they're in a supermarket and they pick up a bunch they probably don't realize that they've probably come from Kenya or from Holland. I think there's still quite a lot of work to be done there. I think, you know, we're we're much more aware of where our food is coming from, but I think flowers, there's still quite a bit of work to do. Uh, maybe like you say, it's uh, along with that, like you say, maybe when people have maybe forgotten what flowers can be grown in Scotland, then when they see that there's a replacement that is, like, that is yes. that maybe probably is a really important part of the jigsaw so that that you've done (laughs) yeah fantastic now I've often admired your blooms on Facebook how do you organize the sort of the marketing and the sales of your business um well for this year because it was my first year growing I just I wanted to start quite small I didn't want to put pressure on myself I still have a full-time job our kids are still young you know primary school just just in high school as well so I just did a little bit of of sort of advertising on Facebook and Instagram but most of it's word of mouth I supply a few local businesses with flowers weekly and I have had other businesses ask but I've had to sort of put them on a waiting list and say you know when I can and everyone's been lovely about that everyone's been really supportive and if for some reason I don't have flowers that week or, or anything then they understand that and I've definitely learned a lot from this year you know I would like to see them you know maybe in a shop where people could just pick up a bunch they just fancied a bunch of flowers so yeah, yeah that's that's definitely in the plans for next year also it's not even a medium-term aspiration it's all that's exciting so we've talked a bit about Facebook and would you like to tell us how you decided on the, on the name and a wee bit talking about the highs and lows of of using Facebook for the promotion so Fleurigen Legul is obviously Gaelic, which means flowers with love. Gaelic is really important to me, you know, trying to keep the language alive. It's got a lot to do with our culture and our heritage. Our three children are going through Gaelic medium education. I didn't go through Gaelic medium. That started after I'd gone to school. So, you know, sometimes I kind of wish that I'd been a few years younger and I could have gone through Gaelic Medium but um, I did learn it in school 
my granny was um, a Gaelic medium teacher on Sky. She used to go around and visit the wee schools and teach Gaelic there. But my dad was of the generation that were discouraged from using Gaelic. So we didn't really get much Gaelic spoken in the home. So I'm trying to sort of bring back that into the family. And it took a while to, to decide on the name and... I wasn't sure as well because it's not the easiest of names, but it, it means a lot to me. And I, I think, you know, flowers flowers bring a lot of joy to people's lives. I love growing them. <laughs> I love receiving flowers. I love giving flowers. So, yeah, that's that's how I decided on the name. I generally post on Instagram, but my Instagram account is linked to my Facebook account. So anything I post on Instagram automatically goes on to Facebook. But I find that I get more interaction via Instagram. Yeah, I suppose because it's quite like Instagram is kind of more of a like, it's a very visual medium and the stunning yeah. photos that does yeah. make sense though. and there's there's a lot like I've found so many amazing accounts on Instagram that you can follow and you can get inspiration and advice from you know there's a real wealth of knowledge out there sometimes it can overwhelm you sometimes as well when you see all these beautiful flowers and you think oh well why don't mine look like that or why are mine still like two inches high and those of theirs have got flowers on them but that's when I have to remind myself they're in the south of England <laughs> and I, I'm in northwest Scotland <laughs> you've mentioned before uh, the polycrub was um, a wee bit of a sanctuary when you're when your children were a lot younger are they at the stage that they like to help or is it still quite a nice time of me time for you and it's a bit of a bit more of a mixture now. Sometimes I do like to just go out there and uh, bolt the door, make sure you've got a lock on the inside as well as the outside. But no, it's nice to get to, for them to get involved as well. I mean, we've always I've always grown veg with them, so they they really en- enjoy that. They love that again that idea that you just plant that little seed and then you know it'll grow into a huge big plant and produce peas or flowers or whatever and I think a thing that they notice a lot is the scent of flowers I grew sweet peas inside the polycrub and outside the polycrub this year but there were some days when it was like a warm day you'd walk into the polycrub and the scent of the sweet peas would just like hit you at the door it was amazing so yeah it's um I do like them to get involved but when I ask them to pick weeds, that's usually when they're really busy and they can't help me. <laughs> <laughs> and have you put them on stone clearing duty like you had when you were a young child? Uh, yes, yeah, they have been known to have to pick a few stones. <laughs> You're not shielding them from the realities that you had. <laughs> oh, no, definitely not. And what are your uh, future plans for your business? Well, I'm going to build some more beds um, this autumn to be ready for next year to just to grow more. I tried a few different plants this year, which I only grew a sort of small selection of just to see how they would they would grow and they grew really well. So I'm just going to be growing more of them. I also learned a lot about succession sowing. So there's some plants that you can you can start growing now. So you so hardy annuals, this is a time of year that you you can sow them and then you just keep them over winter and then Come the spring, as soon as the light levels increase in February, then they'll shoot away and you get flowers oh. earlier. But then you can sow again, sort of late winter, and then again in spring. So it'll extend the sort of flowering period for you. 
oh, fantastic. So then your window next year should be wider yes. than your window this year. Oh, yes. Amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the plan. Just, just lots more flowers for next year. <laughs> and apart from like, you know, we've talked before about how the wind is a problem. Is there any particular pests that have been a particular problem for you or? The good old green fly. That's always a, that's always a problem. I don't use any chemicals. Um, this year I have been using a solution made from crushed garlic and a little bit of uh, washing up liquid oh, mixed into your water and that that basically kind of sticks to their bodies and dehydrates them and that's the end of them so that's worked very well. It's quite important in the ethos to not have a lot of chemicals and to grow things as naturally as possible for you. Catherine when you're growing it inside how do you manage the soil? Well, I I like to sort of fertilise it. Um, this year, I've been using blood fish and bone to add nutrients into the into the soil. I also bought some peat free compost, which I've been using as a, a sort of soil conditioner to add in. Goodness, it's a company called Dalefoot Compost, and they make it using sheep's wool and bracken. Oh, fantastic! So it's quite sort of moisture retentive as well, which is always good because quite often when you're growing indoors, it you know things can dry out quickly, especially when the weather's warm outside. Yeah, and it's really nice to see other markets for for wool because, as you're no doubt aware, the the wool price has been very disappointing for a lot of crofters and farmers recently. So yes. it's nice to see them finding innovative channels of where it can be used because it's just such an amazing product yeah definitely definitely and um I, i've seen people using it as a mulch as well you know like round their vegetables and, and stuff like that so i haven't tried that before but maybe maybe i'll, I'll get my hands on some some wool and give that a go <laughs> yes nicely i'm sure yes. <laughs> you do I, might, I, might, I might know somebody who could give me a wee bit <laughs> We've mentioned various social media things. So if listeners wanted to know more about your business, how could they find you and find more out, more about it? Okay, well, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Flurich and Legul, and I will spell that for you. <laughs> so it's F-L-U-R-A-I-C-H-E-A-N underscore L-E underscore G-A-O-L. That's fantastic. And we'll put in the notes that go along with the podcast, we'll put the, the handles as well. So people should be able to find you that way. Now, it's, it's it's quite a new business, but you've done an awful lot in that short time. So if you had a time machine and you could go back to just before you were thinking about the wedding gift idea, what advice would you give yourself? Plant more shrubs would be one, <laughs> because shrubs when you're making up bouquets, you want, you know, you want maybe like 75% to be flowers and 25% to be foliage. And to get that foliage, you need like a good established mature plant. Thankfully, my mum's got plenty, but I don't really have many in my garden. So I would definitely do that because you probably think it would probably be three or four years before you can cut from a bush that you planted, depending on how well it's grown especially where we are because we're so windy it might take a bit longer when you think about arranging a bouquet there's not 100 percent flowers in at all no, no no and actually having that bit of greenery in it really changes it 
you know, it, it does really add extra and you can get lovely um, greenery that's really complementary. And the other thing would be just to make those extra beds now. <laughs> <laughs> because I did sow quite a few seeds that never even made it into a bed because I ran out of space. So that maybe that would be another thing, grow less. Don't try so many varieties the first year. <laughs> the shrubs that you're growing for to be part of the bouquets in the yeah. future, can they also act as shelter or would that make them a bit funny looking for the bouquets? Uh, no, no, that 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 is the plan. I've got um, another little area in the garden that I, that I, that I haven't used yet. So mm. um, the plan is, yep, I'm getting some early winter so of late autumn early winter is a good time to plant hedges because you can buy them as bare root plants so that makes it much cheaper so i will be planting them this this coming year and then yeah hopefully a few years to establish and yeah they'll give us a bit of shelter as well and some new cutting beds so plenty to do there's a lot ahead, but I'd just like to really thank you today for your time, taking time out to speak to us on your podcast and wish you all the best for the growing season of 2022. Well, thank, thank you, very, you much. very much. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you.